0: Mia is not into to all this supernatural stuff. She's a self-proclaimed rationalist. She's not completely hostile to religion and spiritual things. The quaint stories and myths have their place within the human experience. After all, there is value to being a good person and giving people hope. However, she's seen the destructiveness of religion and is highly skeptical. She doesn't believe the Bible is the word of God, much less that there is a God. Mia is somewhere between agnostic and an atheist, only because she remains intrinsically curious and is open to learn more. However, she certainly doesn't subscribe to the creation story, great floods, and definitely not the resurrection. Where is the proof? I can't wait till I get to preach a sermon like that. That's gonna be really cool. There's a lot of Mias out there, if you haven't noticed. Mia's not that unusual, and it's becoming more and more common in this world. Uh, They reject religion as superstitious mythology. It's really just for simpletons. Truly enlightened people have moved on between these fairy tales and folk stories, and in truth, they believe they've grown up when many of us have not. Religion has been replaced with logic and uh, pragmatism, rationalism. Only those things that can be seen and quantified are, are real. I have to be able to touch it, feel it. There's really no mysteries in the world. There's just unsolved puzzles waiting for science to solve them with math and reasoning. But there's no real awe and wonder built into it. All in all, this is... Not uncommon. And so, as you begin to make new friends, as we call you to go out there and discover your ones and talk with people and get to know them better, you're going to run into Mia's. I was one at one point in my life. And so, today I just want to practically just kind of take a step back and ask what does it look like to engage some conversations with someone like Mia? and just in general what does it look like to talk to our ones and so again today's just kind of going to be a little bit different this is i just want to give you some practical advice on what does it look like to engage our ones and 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 to have that conversation i realized i wanted to get some more voices into it i needed to call in the superstars and and i I needed to call in the dream team so i I called these two (laughs) You can see here, you know, that's Pastor Ben sporting some really good bedhead in the morning, right there, and he's kind of still working through the trauma called waking up. and uh, And that's Maddie. I don't know what she's doing. Maybe counting the cockroaches on her ceiling. I'm not sure uh, on that. And if you wonder what they kind of think in the morning, what they talk to, I wanted to go ahead and provide that, you know, uh, on that. That's what's going through their minds in the morning. Uh, so. Clearly, that's all I had to call that morning, and I'm sorry Bob wouldn't answer his phone uh, <laughs> on that. But I enjoyed our conversation, and I was writing a lot of notes. And, and before we get started, what I want to say to this is, uh, for whatever reason, the more we talk about a, a one, and us having a one, it's just, there's sort of like this weird like stigmatism that's coming around it, uh, like like some great mystery as to who's your one out there. And I kind of want to pop that and burst that bubble a little bit today. There's no real mystery as to who your one is. And and I think more importantly, I think what I would say is, is, you know what? It's not rocket science, so please don't overcomplicate this thing called a one. The reality is this. There are people in your neighborhood you wave to and smile. There are people you pass by in the hall at work that you say good morning or hello to. If you're a parent, there are other parents that you run into at sporting events or band or show choir or whatever your kid may be involved in, and and you've been getting to know them with pleasantries and so forth. Or or maybe, you know what, there's a a favorite gas station you tend to go to more often, convenience store, and you kind of know their names and they kind of know your name as well. All of these are possible ones in your life. It's the people you do life with, those who are in your sphere of influence with, the, the ones you interact with. And when we talk about your one and what to do with your one, again, don't overthink it. It's about inviting your neighbor to a cookout. As summer's coming, maybe it's just walking over to the neighbor and saying, hey, would you like to go cook out with me? Maybe you can come over one week and we'll cook up some burgers. Maybe it's just sitting in some lawn chairs out in the driveway. Or, or maybe you go and you help your neighbor out with a project that they're working on in, in the neighborhood and, and you're just there for them on that. Or, or maybe it's inviting them to coffee just to get to know them better. I'm not asking you to do anything weird or difficult. I'm not asking you, for instance, to use the Jesus method. And you say, what's the Jesus method? Well, some of you might be familiar with the story of Zacchaeus. If you grew up in church, he was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Uh, So you might know Zacchaeus, but apparently he was a short dude, uh, but he was a tax collector and he was very wealthy. So he was not very liked by the people around him. And because he was short, he had a difficult time seeing over people. So Jesus was walking down a street one day and he couldn't see him. So what did Zacchaeus do? He climbed a tree. And as Jesus passed by that tree, he looked up in the tree. And this is what he had to say in Luke 19. He said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Now, that's a fairly direct method uh, that that I'm not necessarily saying you need to use. And and, and you know what? Times have changed. I can only imagine, you know, uh, Don walking up to his neighbor and just going, Hey, I'm Don. I'm coming to your house to eat tonight. No, probably ain't going to work on that. But again, maybe you can invite them over to your place at some times. It did work for Jesus. Keep that in mind. You know what? At Crossing guard this week, interestingly enough, a, a young lady who i had seen pass by many times. You kind of get to know folks as they pass by on that. This time she pulled over and, and nervously got out of her car, walked over to me and, and handed me a piece of paper and said, I want to thank you for all that you're doing for the community. I appreciate it. And I'm like, okay. At the time, I didn't have time to read it because I was doing my job. But um, later on, I I took a look at what she gave me, and it was a a gospel track, is what she gave me. And inside this track, it talks to you about how you can have a relationship with Jesus and asking you to commit. And I'm still on the fence, you know. um, You know, I'm I'm thinking it through. Uh, So be in prayer for me uh, on that. My point on that is to say, I'm not asking you to do that either. I'm not asking you to go give people gospel tracks, stop your car, and do that. I'm not asking you to go over and demand to be at their house. I'm just asking you to be someone's friend, to talk to them, to be normal. And I realize now in whom I'm talking to, we may need to find that a little bit further, but, but be normal. Build relationships, listen to their stories, and show them that you genuinely care. That's all I'm asking from you. However, to that young lady who stopped her car to give me this track, I do want to say this, job well done. Man, I really appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate the courage it took to stop and to do that. And I do want to say that some of you have the gift of evangelism. You don't mind stopping and having that Difficult conversation with someone about Jesus. You don't mind knocking on a door just to let somebody know Jesus loves them. And if you have that gift, man, use it. I want to empower you. Do it. I realize it isn't for everybody, though. But my point is this. What if everyone was getting outside of our walls and whether they were evangelizing or whether they're just making a one and doing life on somebody, what if everybody was engaging other people? And I'll tell you, that's what reach is all about. It's about getting us outside of our walls, using our gifting, making new friends, and extending our reach. Now, as I talked to the team that morning and asked them questions, I was furiously typing and writing some things down. And I just want to share you some of the thoughts that kind of we talked about If you have your worship guide today, on the back are some fill-ins, and I'm going to encourage you to follow along with those fill-ins because my hope and desire is that you go back later this week and that you fill those out and that you prayerfully ask, Lord, which one of these do I need to work on? What is it you're trying to tell me? How can I take a step further with my one? So as we talked, hey, what does it look like to engage a one? What does it look like to engage someone like Mia, a skeptic? what does that look like? There were several things that that resonated. The first one we've talked about before, and Ben talked about, or he preached about it a couple years ago. It's a great reminder, and that's this. You can win an argument, but lose the person. You can win the argument, talking to them, but lose the relationship and the process. And my warning is this. God doesn't need us To argue on his behalf. And it's not about when you're meeting with your ones proving that you're right and they're wrong. It's not about that. More importantly, please remember that people who don't agree with what you agree with or believe what you believe in, they are not your enemy. This is about making friends. And one last warning I need to give you, please don't weaponize the Bible. You say, what do I mean by that? You ever been with that person and they got a Bible verse for every single thing you say? They just love to throw them out like zingers, A, to prove they're right, or just, I don't know, like, I'm really smart. I don't know what they're up to. Please don't do that. Just talk. Yes, there may be opportunities later where you need to talk through the Bible, but don't use the Bible as a weapon trying to prove you're right, or just to show how smart you are. It doesn't impress anybody, which gets to our next point. And everything we do demonstrate grace. Now, maybe you've heard this famous quote before from Theodore Roosevelt, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care, right? And that's the point I'm trying to make here. Matty noted something uh, as we were talking. He said, people have to experience grace before listening to your truth. They need to see that you are a person of grace, that you live out grace. One guest recently told us, you know what, you seem to have a genuine interest in us. I pray that all of our guests feel that way. Because the truth is, we do have a genuine interest in you. That's radiant church. We need to take that into our ones, and we need our ones to be saying that about us. I want your one to be able to say of you, they have a general and genuine interest in my life. They care about me. The next thing is this, check your motives. Ask yourself, what am I really after? Is this uh, building a relationship, or if I'm being honest with myself, is this something else? In other words, what's your end game here? And like we talked about earlier, Pastor Bob brought this up uh, this week as well. Nobody wants to feel like they're your project. And can we be honest? People can smell an agenda a mile away. People aren't stupid. And so you've got to check your motives. When we're talking about who's your one and engaging someone like Emiah, this isn't about proselytizing at the moment. It's not bullhorn evangelism. It's about being their friend. Can you just be okay getting to know this person better? The next point we need to make sure of, make the conversation about them, not you. If you're writing down, here's a great three word sentence to keep in mind. Tell me more when you're talking with somebody. Tell me more. I hear what you're saying. Tell me a little more about that. Tell me a little more about that. Learn to ask good questions like how are you doing? What are you passionate about? What do you care about? Make it about them. Learn about them. Dig deeper into what gets them going in life and what excites them about life. And and to my single adults out there, these aren't just good goals for a one. You might want to keep these in mind on your next date as well. (laughs) Ask good questions. The next one it's a journey. What do I mean by that? Well, Pastor Ben had a great quote from John Ortberg. And, and, and the quote went like this, Love and hurry are fundamentally incompatible. Love always takes time, and time is the one thing hurried people don't have. And I'm guessing you just read that as fast as I did and probably don't remember a word of it. Love and hurry are fundamentally incompatible. Love always takes time. And time is the one thing hurried people don't have. And right now, if you're saying, ouch, it probably doesn't compare anything to what I'm feeling (laughs) because this one hits me between the eyes. Are we in too much of a hurry to have a one I'm asking you to take time and commit resources to this person. And another part of it is this. I'm also asking you to be okay with them often maybe saying no or not yet or I don't believe or disagreeing in general. It's okay. Take the time and have the patience to build the relationship first. Why? Because skeptics need time. Give them the time. Be on the journey with them. Walk the long mile. The next one, make it safe. This is something we do talk about at Radiant Church every so often, and it's so important. Radiant Church has to be a place that no matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done, you can come discover new life through Jesus Christ, free of condemnation, free of guilt, free of shame. Jesus Christ and the words of truth can pierce the heart of someone way more than you can. We need to provide them the space to grow and to learn. And that, 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 that's anything. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your gender. This has to be a place where you can come and you can experience love and grace and mercy. That's Radiant Church. Amen? Amen. So here's what I'm asking. Take that core belief that we have as a church on the weekend and bring it to your one. No condemnation, no guilt, no shame. Just love. Build a relationship. Grow together. And the last bullet point is this. Look for moments. let see, what do you mean by that, Pastor Jason? And, and admittedly, this one's the hardest one. What I'm saying is this, is if you do life with somebody and you genuinely commit to live out the way of Christ in everything you do in life, they're going to notice you're different than the world. Because the way of Christ and the way of of the world are completely incompatible with each other. And if you choose to live it out, to be a light in the darkness, to be loving and grace-filled, they'll notice something's different about you over time. You won't have to tell them. It's the person at work that comes up to one of our folks and says, man, I noticed that you're never cussing and and you're never telling dirty, inappropriate jokes and, uh, you know, not being divisive at work. Why? And you realize you just had a moment, an open door, to share why you're different It's the family who prays when they went out to eat. And I encourage you to do this. And the waitress walks up to the table after and says, you know what, I just love seeing families pray. And mom stops and says, is there anything we can pray for you about? And you know what, there was. Door open. Just again, for me this week, at Crossing Guard, there's a mom that walks her daughter home several times a week, and she stops, she goes, like, you work during the day, why do you do this Crossing Guard thing in the afternoon? You know what I said? Because at our church, we're looking for ways to serve the community. Door open. Opportunity. I'm asking you to trust me on this. If you do life genuinely with your one and you live out your life like Christ, they're going to notice something different about you and the opportunities to share Christ will come up. It might be in a moment where they're walking down a road and you do, if you've built up trust, have to look at them and say, you know what, I think that road you're walking down is a bad road and can I tell you why? Or maybe they're walking through a difficult situation or they've got a a decision they need to make and they'll ask you your opinion. Hey, what do you think in this? And you'll have the opportunity to share what you believe and why you believe it at that point. Flat out like another one asked a a crossing guard, what church do you go to? What I'm saying is if you do life with them and, and you make building the relationship and the friendship first, the moments to share Christ with them will organically appear. And what I'm asking you to do is have the eyes and the heart to see those moments when they occur and the courage to step into them at the time. Let God create those moments and trust Him in those times to give you the words. But they will come. Last part, as I come to a close here, and I'm going to ask Ben here in a minute to come up and mop up my mess. To my skeptic friends out there, and I know we have some. Thanks for being here. I'm not going to give you a hard sell on Jesus. I'm not going to try to convince you I'm right and, and you're wrong. All I can really do is just say, I'm so glad you're here and remind you, as we talked about earlier, this is a safe place for you to work through the doubts and the fears and the worries because there's a whole bunch of other people here working through the same difficult questions of life. Welcome to Radiant Church. Yeah. Yeah. I will eventually ask you and invite you to be a part of our story because I believe your story is knit into the story of God. I do believe that, and it is a God who said he created all things, including you, and that you are wonderfully and beautifully made, and for that reason, your story is knit into the story of God, and you have meaning and purpose, but that's a conversation for another day and another time. For today, I just want you to know you're not alone, and there's many others like you, and this is a safe place for you to take those next steps and explore those difficult questions. Welcome to Radiant.